more people every day are ditching animal products, embracing plant-based foods, and speaking up for what matters. With my experience as an international instructor for vegan nutrition and an award-winning author, I interview experts, innovators, and celebrities about the global movement towards a plant-based future. Do you want to learn how to combat the injustice in our food system affecting your health, the animals, and the planet? Well, you're in the right place. It all starts here with Eating Like You Give a Damn. Welcome to the Eating Like You Give a Damn podcast, the place to discover your passion for plant-based living one bite at a time. I'm your host, Stephanie Harder. What does a winner of The Ultimate Fighter a five-time Formula One champion, Jackie Chan, the number one ranked tennis player in the world, and Arnold Schwarzenegger have in common. They are just some of the many big names in Hollywood and sports that you'll find on the world-class team responsible for the highly anticipated, revolutionary new documentary which is fueled by the truth about meat, protein, and strength called The Game Changers. The film follows the story of James Lightning Wilkes, a UFC fighter whose world was turned upside down when he discovered an elite group of world-renowned athletes and scientists who prove that everything we had been taught about protein was a lie. And today's guest is none other than James Wilkes himself to share the goods on why and how this movie came together. James Wilkes is a combatives instructor for the U.S. military, including the U.S. Marines, U.S. Army Rangers, and U.S. Navy SEALs, and a former UFC fighter who won the Ultimate Fighter in 2009. After a shocking discovery regarding gladiators, which he tells us all about in this interview, it launched him on a five-year quest for the truth in nutrition modeled after Bruce Lee's truth in combat philosophy. He put every preconception he had about nutrition to the test, traveling to four continents to meet with dozens of the world's strongest, fastest, and toughest athletes, as well as leading experts on athletics, nutrition, and anthropology. What he discovered was so revolutionary, with such profound implications for human performance and health, and even the future of the planet itself, that he had to share it with the world. Is the world ready for what James and his team have to share? We're about to find out. In this interview, we talk about what exactly sets this film apart from any other that utilizes studies on sports nutrition and human nutrition in general. James's personal experience of measurable performance enhancement that gave him a huge advantage over his competitors just six weeks after going plant-based. And strength and fitness enthusiasts, you'll be blown away by his achievement. And James explains how diet directly impacts your um, manhood and how to prevent and reverse erectile dysfunction at every age. No Viagra necessary. If you're listening to this before the official one-night world premiere happens in your very own zip code, which, by the way, is today, September 16th, 2019, Eastern Standard Time, then head over to 
GameChangersMovie.com to secure your tickets now before they're completely sold out. Without further ado, here's my chat with James Lightning Wilkes about The Game Changers. James Lightning Wilkes, what's going on, James? Hey, Stephanie, thanks so much for having me. Oh, man, it's such a pleasure. Thanks so much for being here on the Eating Like You Give a Damn podcast. So this is a really exciting time right now because you are just about to be the biggest part of releasing the Game Changers here very, very soon. And I know you just had your red carpet event for that. How was that experience so far with the red carpet? Yeah, it was exciting. Um, You know, we got some really good feedback. Um, There was a lot of, um, you know, athletes and celebrities and actors showing up and got, uh, you know, People just on the spot saying, hey, I really want to give this a try, whether it's going fully plant-based or whether it's just shifting away from meat consumption. So we were really pleased with uh, the feedback. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, I'll tell you, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm very, very excited to see it as soon as it releases. The world premiere is coming right up. So, But let's go ahead and dial back a little bit because I kind of want to start from the beginning and learn a little bit about where you were before you started this journey. Because I know, like I mentioned in the intro, you were the winner of UFC 2009. Is that right? So it's uh, it's the ultimate fighter TV show. So it's basically a spot to try and whoever wins that show gets a contract with the UFC. So I won uh, the ultimate fighter in the welterweight category. Right, which is so awesome. I'm actually, um, I have a mixed martial arts background myself. So I remember actually watching that fight. It was very exciting for me. So this is like a huge opportunity for me to get to talk to you face to face just because of that history, as well as you making this transition into, you know, living this plant-based lifestyle and sharing it. But I know that you didn't make that shift towards plant-based living until a little bit later in life. Tell us a little bit about what your diet was like back then. And then what was that moment that you had where you created this, this shift in your mindset about what you were eating? Yeah, so I was eating a sort of typical athlete diet, so extra lean turkey, extra lean chicken, brown rice, broccoli. It was pretty monotonous, to be honest. Um, You know, oatmeal for breakfast, which I still have. There wasn't a very wide variety. It was sort of low in fat and um, for most of of the time. And I did switch over to um, looking at sort of paleo type diet at one point because it sounded kind of logical to me at the time. Um, but then I got injured training for a fight against the future heavyweight champion. So he had about 80 or 90 pounds uh, on top of me. We were training and um, tore ligaments in both of my knees. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to train for six months. So I thought, well, what can I do with my time that's productive? I was only going to physical therapy. So I figured, well, why don't I spend time really looking into nutrition and look through all of the research for optimal uh, recovery and performance. And that's when I came across a study about the Roman gladiators. And scientists analyzed the bones and could tell that they were eating almost exclusively, if not exclusively, plants. And that blew my mind. So that really got me really digging in to the research. Did you feel at any moment uh, a sense of urgency about transitioning while you were kind of processing all of this new information? Well, I sort of, it was, it was a little bit gradual because, you know, I started seeing these studies showing that, you know, plants, first of all, have all the protein that you need. You know, all protein originates in plants, I found out, and animals are just the middlemen, essentially doing you a disservice, right? So they're robbing the food of fiber and phytonutrients, concentrating the uh, toxic heavy metals and the pesticides and that type of thing. And then they're also adding in inflammatory mediators. But the, the information kind of came in a little bit slowly, and I was still very skeptical. 
because I thought, well, I really believe that you had to have meat or at least, you know, eggs and, and dairy and that sort of thing for protein. Um, so I didn't jump on it overnight. It took me a few months as I kept reading the research and I sort of gradually, you know, cut out red meat and then cut out uh, white meat and then eventually fish and then um, cut, out, cut out dairy and the last thing to go was, was eggs. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I was really, once I was convinced that plant-based uh, was the way to go, I was quite angry and frustrated that I felt like I'd been lied to my whole life. You know, not even necessarily on purpose. For example, by my parents, they don't know. They weren't lying. They were just sort of misinformed, telling me that I needed to eat meat to be strong and healthy. But I do feel like I've been lied to by the meat industry because uh, I think they're well aware of the you know the damaging nature of the foods that they sell, and they're sort of covering that up and you know putting out uh, biased funded studies. And that's actually why I decided to make the documentary because. You know, I felt so lied to and I don't like being lied to. And I felt, you know, I've got to tell everybody about this. And the best way seemed to be to do a documentary. So at what point did you actually make that decision? Like was I know that you were talking about this was sort of a gradual shift for you as you were learning more. I I totally relate to that as well, because that was my experience. So how much time of a time span went by before you just decided, you know what, I need to make sure that more people know about this and I'm going to make a film about it. When did that happen? Um, it was only a, f- a few months after I, I got my injury and I was really digging into it. So it was very early stages. And so actually, originally, I bought a used camera off of Craigslist and uh, went onto YouTube, learned how to do three-point lighting for interview setup and um, called Everett Motta, the director of photography for The Ultimate Fighter at the time, said, hey, what camera do I buy? Give me some tips. And I knew that... Um, you know, that footage might not get used, but I could put something together to get other people interested. And so it took a long time to sort of get the documentary going. I met Joseph Pace, who became the other producer um, and he's the co-writer. And uh, we started raising funds and then did one round of filming and realized the quality wasn't quite what we wanted. And it just took a long time to uh, get the project going. Okay. And I know I definitely want to peel back more about that project specifically, but I'm also thinking about, you know, some of the listeners are probably wondering, back when you started to make that transition for yourself, did you have any specific challenges like, uh, you know, your, your family, were they on board with the information that you had learned and what you were starting to implement as far as moving away towards animal products? Well, my wife had actually given up red meat um, probably a year before that. But I just wasn't on board with her until I started also looking into it. And um, when I started sharing the research with her, she also jumped on board and we sort of did it together, you know, husband and wife. And then also the kids started jumping in. And obviously the little kids, we decided, you know, we're going to decide what you're eating anyway, right? Like when you're, (laughs) um, you know, only a couple of years old, they're not making their own decisions. So, yeah, the whole family sort of um, did it together. Okay. And you didn't have any resistance from the little ones. That's actually pretty pretty good no. to hear. I know some people in my community have a you know they're experiencing some resistance right now with their young ones. Yeah, no, I mean I think I mean my daughter actually never ate any animal products, um, so she was so young that she didn't um, you know she went from uh, breast milk to formula to um, whole plant foods and you know never touched uh, meat, dairy, or eggs. Wow, that's really incredible. Now, uh, do you have any examples of like sharing maybe a measurable difference, whether it was in your performance or just your recovery time? Like what did you experience personally, you and your family? So uh, in terms of athletic performance, which is what my re- main reason was recovering quickly and then performing optimally. 
So I was really shocked. So there's um, a thing that we do at the gym. There's lots of professional and collegiate athletes at this gym that we train at here for the strength and conditioning. And they do battling ropes. So it's a 50-foot battling rope that you're basically, you know, really working your arms. It's a bit like running, basically, with your arms, but you're just, you know, lifting this rope up and down. Right. And um, at the gym I trained at, if you got 10 minutes, you got your name on the wall. And uh, even in peak conditioning, you know, training for the UFC, uh, the most I'd ever got was eight minutes. And now, you know, there was like maybe 50 people that got 10 minutes on the wall, and there was a handful of people that had uh, 20 minutes. And six weeks after I switched to a completely plant-based diet, I actually went an hour straight, which was the gym record. Wow. You know, so my hands were hands were bleeding from uh, the blisters that had opened up, and I just kept going a little over an hour, and uh, just completely shocked to go from eight minutes to an hour. And then in terms of strength, I'd been stuck for a couple of years on 110 pound dumbbells, uh, you know, one in each hand for about five reps, which for some people is a lot, and for some people that's not a lot at all, but um, you know, it's all relative. And so, um, very shortly after I went uh, plant based, I went up to uh 115s from 105s for six reps so I, I definitely noticed the difference personally but of course that's anecdotal and i can't prove it was from the diet but the um all the science suggests that you know those benefits are there right okay so so when we're talking about like anecdotal and scientific evidence have we made any strides since then? I know that there had to be a process of, of probably you putting together the film and the experts that, that you were talking to to create this film, The Game Changers. Were there any more like scientific evidence that just kind of surfaced since then? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even in this last couple of weeks, there's been new evidence coming out showing the benefits. So, you know, for example, you know, a lot of people have a problem with carbohydrates. They think carbohydrates make you fat or that carbs, you know, are a significant factor towards heart disease or cancer or the leading chronic diseases. Mm -hmm. But the reality is those carbohydrates they're talking about are sort of white sugar, refined white flour, that sort of thing. You know, in 2018, Harvard did a meta-analysis showing that if you replaced carbohydrates with fat and protein from animal sources, you actually got an 18% increased risk of uh, early death versus if you um, replace those uh, carbohydrates with fats and protein from plant sources, you got an 18% decreased risk of death. So it's interesting because it's not, you know, is it high fat, low fat, high carb, low carb? It's actually the quality of, you know, where that protein, fat or carbohydrates are coming from. So all the time, you know, this research is coming out. Um, there's more and more now with uh, evidence showing that a plant-based diet is, is better for performance and better for health. And it's recognized now by all of the um, the world's leading health organizations. You know, even the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics say that a vegan diet is uh, nutritionally adequate for all stages of the life cycle, pregnancy, infancy, childhood, adolescence, adulthood, into old age, including athletics, and that may uh, confer some health benefits, uh, especially with the, the leading chronic diseases, heart disease, cancer, diabetes. And so it's, it's completely recognized consensus now that um, plants are the way to go. Absolutely. And I really commend you for actually taking this message to a bigger audience. Now, why do you think that, uh, you know, at this moment in time today, there's so much resistance with the acceptance of all of this research and this science? I mean, we see out there in social media and in the mainstream media, even a lot of resistance about a vegan or plant-based diet. Well, why do you think that is? 
Well, first of all, I think there's uh, this stigma against vegan or vegetarianism, you know, where people think it's a uh, skinny, tree-hugging hippie. And not that there's anything wrong with that. It sort of doesn't really resonate well with me. It's just not who I am. Um, so I think a lot of people push back against that. And there's all these myths, right? Like you, you have to have animal protein, that it's normal, natural, and necessary, that you've got to have it for protein. And also the myth that real men eat meat, which is also very strong. Um, so all these myths and this stigma that's sort of already connected with veganism or vegetarianism, I think that's why there's a lot of pushback. But having said that, even in this last year, I think there's been you know significant shifts. Look at the fast food um, restaurants now starting to offer plant-based options. For the first time ever, the Super Bowl, you know, Carl's Jr. had a Beyond Meat uh, burger commercial. You know, you just wouldn't have seen that before. Now all of the different um, fast food restaurants are jumping on board, whether it's McDonald's or KFC. Um, so I think there really is a shift happening right now, and I don't think there could be a better time for the film to come out. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right about that. So now you're taking this battle of the mindset about food. Let's say you're taking the battle from like the UFC cage out into the mainstream mm -hmm. world, which I think is yeah. so cool. Now, basically, you're delivering what I view as amazing, wonderful news to people. What do you say to the people that probably don't see this as good news? They have a lot of pushback or, you know, they want to they want to go to head to head battle with you about, you know, food and the studies that they find that actually promote eating animals or, you know, like a carnivorous diet. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, you can, you can, first of all, you can find a study that promotes anything, right? Or a doctor that says anything. So that's why for in the film, the experts in the film are world-class experts. So the head of nutrition at Harvard, the head of anthropology at Harvard, the lead delegate for urology for the American Medical Association, the president of the American College of Cardiology, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can watch any documentary and have sort of handpicked so-called experts that uh, aren't necessarily experts in their field. Um, so we've got world-class leading experts in the film, and um, the science that we present is, is you know, completely peer-reviewed from high-level journals. And it's always, the only science that we use is reflective of the preponderance of evidence. Mm -hmm. So to the people that are sort of naysayers, I think people should watch the film. And I think what's different about the film is we're not trying to say go vegan or go vegetarian. We're saying here are some facts, we're dispelling some myths, and let people make their own decision. I don't think I should be telling people what they should be eating. Right. And then, we, you know, hopefully that causes a shift towards more plant-based eating because it's better for the people's health, right? It's better for um, healthcare costs. It's better for the animals. It's better for the environment. It's better for performance. It's better for the, the cost of everyone's, um, you know, food bill, which is the opposite of what people think. On an average plant-based, um, there was a study showing that they projected if you took a, a, a meat-based diet that had half the meat of a typical American versus someone that was on a completely plant-based diet that was well-planned, you know, based on budget constraint, budgetary constraints, that on average you'd save $750 per year switching to a plant-based um, diet. So there's just so many benefits. Um, and again, we're not trying to tell people what they should be eating, but I think people should watch the film. And then, uh, you know, we, we cite all of the references are cited in the bottom left-hand corner of the film uh, with more research that will be going up on the website, all the FAQs and the science, and people can just make the decision for themselves. That's fantastic. And that resonates so well uh, with a lot of people I know just because 
people don't want to be told what they should and shouldn't do. But if you're actually presenting the facts in such a way and say, look, here, here's the information, do with it what you will, but more people need to know about this, particularly because we're just so inundated with, you know, advertising and traditions and what society accepts as normal. And uh, so it definitely takes the work of somebody like you and everybody that's involved on your team with this film to, to present these sort of facts. Thank you for that, by the way. Oh, yeah. I think, um, you know, like you said, I'm just a small part of there's a whole big team, right, that helped make this film from the, you know, the writers and the, you know, the director and the camera crew and the editors and, you know, and then pushing the film out, right, with the publicists. And it's um, it certainly takes it as a massive team effort. Yeah, absolutely. So so tell me a little bit about how, how that all transpired. How did you get such a, a massive team behind you, especially, I mean, you have Academy Award winner Louis Sohoyos, best known for Racing Extinction and The Cove. You've got James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger on board, Jackie Chan, and not to mention, you know, some of these really big names in the athletic world. How did you get all them on board for this? Yeah, we're exciting. In addition to those names you mentioned, like you said, we've got these these big top top class athletes. So Lewis Hamilton, the five time Formula One champion, Novak Djokovic, the uh, number one ranked male tennis player in the world that just won Wimbledon again, and Chris Paul, the nine time All Star NBA, uh, who was there last night hosting the uh, the uh, Hollywood premiere. I mean, I think these people are just starting to see the same science that I'm seeing and recognize the benefits. And so they're eager, as I am, to get this message out to the world. So I think once people heard about the film, they were eager to jump on. James Cameron is certainly into it for his health and also especially for the environment. Same with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, so they're just eager to be involved with the project and they've been um, extremely helpful. Fantastic. And now one topic that I'm really excited to see for myself when I get to watch the film uh, during the world premiere is this core belief that our humanity really has around masculinity, right? And it mm -hmm. seems like what you guys are looking at doing with this film is kind of breaking down those barriers that we have in our mind about what it means to be masculine and manly, which usually includes, you know, eating a lot of animal protein and exerting dominance and power over other people, over, over other beings even. So tell me how this kind of evolved into being sort of a, a big part of the message in this film. Yeah, and I think it was something that I felt myself, um, unfortunately. I, I felt as a man that real men eat meat. I thought that I'd really need to do it. And then as I was sort of looking into the journey for myself and realizing it's actually the opposite. So if you talk about virility or sexual performance or athletic performance and energy and not getting chronic diseases, um, meat and animal products are actually the opposite of making you manly, whatever that really means. But it was interesting to find out as I was making the film, you know, we found out that two out of 10 plant-based eaters are actually male, the other eight are female. Um, 18 to 45 year old men eat twice as much meat as women do. And uh, fast food menus are driven by young men as well, according to the studies. So this younger male demographic is especially important. And so that's why I think it's important that we've you know, we've got role models um, from Patrick Baboumian, who, who uh, we organized the uh, Guinness World Record in the film for the heaviest weight ever carried. Uh, Bryant Jennings, top 10 heavyweight boxer. You know, all of these amazing athletes. Nimai Delgado, who's an IFBB pro bodybuilder, has never eaten meat a single day in his life. Just an incredible physique on the cover of Muscle and Fitness. So 
all of these people, I think, are incredible, incredible role models to show that um, whatever sort of sport you want to do and however healthy you want to be, you can do it better on a plant-based diet. Awesome. Now, because you happen to mention the term virility, I'm just kind of curious. I know that you've uh, run some film screenings, and I understand that maybe this is a particular part of the film that a lot of viewers found particularly eye-opening. Can you expand on that a little bit for us? Yeah, so we actually, well, first of all, we did an experiment with some of the Miami Dolphins um, on blood flow with the co-chair of the the Cardiovascular Committee for the NFL, Dr. Robert Vogel. And he showed that you get better blood flow when you're eating a plant-based meal than you do eating a meat-based meal. Mm-hmm. And so that's affecting the arteries, right? And their ability to vasodilate, uh, so open up and allow more blood flow and more oxygen to get to the muscles, right? So it's better for performance and it's better for recovery. So we started thinking, well, the arteries in the penis are actually some of the smallest in the body. So if it affects you know, elsewhere, then it should affect it there. And actually in urology, they call you know, erectile dysfunction, like the canary in the coal mine. So if you're getting erectile dysfunction, you know, you're, you're, you're very likely to get a heart attack because vascular disease anywhere has vascular disease everywhere. And so we thought, well, it would be interesting to test it if it's, it's more likely to show up in, in erections than it is in other muscles, it's easier to test. And so luckily there's a device called a, a penile plasmograph that actually <laughs> tests erections, tests rigidity, circumference, and duration of erections. And we found out that naturally, um, men on average uh, have like three to five or six erections per night when they're sleeping. It's just a normal process. And so one night they eat a plant-based meal, another night they eat a meat-based meal. And there's a significant distance in erectile function uh, on each night in circumference, duration, and um, rigidity. So it's amazing, even just one meal, what, what a difference it can make. Yeah, no kidding. Now, does any of any of this study or research pertain to women at all, or was this just performed on men? Uh, we only did it on men, but my understanding is there has been um, some research done with women with uh, better uh, sexual function as well. Okay, very cool. Now, I know that you have a lot of like amazing female athletes in this film too. So, did the film sort of start out to appeal more to the uh, the younger? male generation as opposed to female and then maybe you brought in some females or how did that all transpire no it's sort of it's sort of the other way around so really yeah we actually filmed a lot more people than uh made the final cut so first of all there are some amazing female athletes in the film like doxy bausch who's the eight-time usa national cycling champion and olympic medalist um morgan mitchell who's the two-time australian 400 meter champion just amazing athletes that are, you know both saying that their performance improved um, and the recovery improved after switching, which was the same thing that we kept hearing over and over again from all of the athletes that we interviewed was especially around recovery. One of the main benefits of the diet is um, in, uh, reduced inflammation and getting through that quicker so that you can perform again more effectively at 100% more quickly. But I think because the myth was so strong personally for me and it's about my journey, um, and the fact that we started learning about, you know, it really being a myth strong with the young men, there are more men in the film. And so, you know, we talked about erectile um, function. And so there were men involved there. And so that's why there wasn't a sort of, uh, there wasn't a conscious decision from the outset to include more men than women. It's just sort of the way that it, it worked out. Yeah, but there was other amazing female athletes that unfortunately didn't make the final cut. Um, like Cara Lang, who is a former... U.S. Um, Canadian soccer player. In fact, I think the youngest ever to score a goal 
in the Olympics uh, at 16 years old. Oh, wow. Is that the Olympics or the World Cup? I'm not sure. And then Tia Blanco, who's the two-time world surfing champion. Yeah. So there's some, you know, there really are amazing male and female athletes out there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the ones that didn't actually make the film, is that is that going to be bonus content? Yeah, actually. So on September 16th, there's the one night only well, global premiere in over 1,500 theaters around the world, mm-hmm. 600 theaters in the U.S., People can just go on the website, gamechangersmovie.com, click on get tickets, and then they put in their zip or their postal code, depending on the country, and it shows you the nearest theater. That's going to have a 22-minute bonus, never-before-seen uh, after-show bonus content, which is an interview led by James Cameron setting up the different scenes. Uh, it's got extended interviews, never-before-seen appearances, and uh, a gag reel and that sort of thing. So, Oh, I'm excited about that. <laughs> that so, yeah. And then after that, we'll still put some of these athletes that we unfortunately didn't make the cut, uh, you know, up on the web and social media. Gotcha. Awesome. Now, what's been the overall feedback that you've gotten from any of the pre-screenings from people who are not or were not before they saw the film on a plant-based journey? It's had incredible feedback, and especially from the sort of that younger male sporty demographic. Um, but it's actually gone really wide from like the 15-year-old high schooler, um, you know, guy, uh, to even like an 80-year-old um, female that came up to me and said, look, I've, you know, I watched the film at a pre-screening six months ago. I've gone uh, completely plant-based. And I'm feeling better. And, my, you know, my friends were passing away from heart disease. And I just really want to thank you. So it's reached a really wide demographic. Um, but especially has done well with the sort of younger male demographic that we thought would be quite resistant. Mm. And they're being a lot less resistant than we, we anticipated. Have you seen anything as it relates to like behavioral change where people come across this information about a plant-based lifestyle or maybe they just seen the film or, or maybe just in conversations that you've had with people where they just have a very, like they understand the information, but what they struggle with more than anything is just changing their habits and behaviors as they currently are. Do you have any advice for those people who are kind of in that, that struggle? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, you know, although some people can just jump in overnight and go 100% plant-based and throw out all of the animal products in their uh, kitchen cupboards, which is, I think, what Jim Cameron did after he watched a documentary called Forks Over Knives, actually, uh, mm-hmm. which is great covered topics around heart disease and, and cancer and that sort of thing. Um, I think it's better for most people to sort of take it gradually and not sort of, first of all, not think of it as an all or nothing approach. We like to say all or something, you know, so... And also don't think this is the last time I'm ever going to eat meat and that sort of thing. I think I would just find plant-based meals that you think you'd enjoy. Maybe start with, you know, one meal a day, um, something like that. And then go from there and start incorporating it and start rather than thinking of it, excluding things, try and think of it in including, you know, more plant-based meals. And my wife and I, I think there's probably 70 or 80 meals that we've now said, oh, we should eat this once a week, you know, and there's just not enough days in the week to, to eat all the tasty food. So... Um, I don't miss it at all. And I think if people just sort of start incorporating more plant-based options, it'll sort of push out you know, the meat-based options and the animal-based uh, food options. But there are so many things now out there where you can make simple switches, right? So if you drink cow's milk, you can do soy milk, hemp milk, almond milk, oat milk. There's so many different types of things that you can do. Um, and then in recipes, instead of you know having an egg, you can either use an egg replacer or in some recipes you could use a tablespoon of flaxseed mixed with three tablespoons of water and stir it and let it sit for a minute and then use that instead of an egg. So 
There's so many different simple switches you can do. And then you can also think of what do I already eat that's plant-based? You know, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I already eat, okay, I'm gonna just keep eating that. So there's simple switches and then also just, you know, explore and, and try and find new plant-based meals um, that you like. That's really great advice, I love that. Now, I'm thinking about maybe where my head was at when I first, uh, this was about 10 years ago now actually, where I first was introduced to information about factory farming and that really tugged on my heartstrings and I started implementing changes right away. Like I couldn't eat meat after that. Took a lot longer for like getting the dairy and eggs out and, and things like that. But I'm thinking about like when what my headspace was like back then. And this was before all of this information was widely available. So I'm thinking about that person who is where I used to be when just uncovering this information. I know when I opened the fridge, I saw leftover rotisserie chicken and I saw like a leftover pot roast. And I opened my cupboards and I had like canned green beans and canned corn. And all of a sudden my mind immediately went to, well, if I'm not eating meat, I mean, really, like, all I've got is are these canned vegetables, and I pretty much feel like, like, that's what's going to be my life now is just, just vegetables. Like, what do you say to people that just really can't wrap their heads around what a plant-based diet looks like in order to, to not just appeal to the, their compassion, but also to their long-term health and longevity? Yeah, I mean, and first of all, that is a misconception that, you know, all vegans eat are uh, fruits and vegetables, but... You know, there's all the legumes that people could be eating, um, beans, peas, lentils, you know, hundreds of varieties of beans and lentils, nuts and seeds or nut butters, seed butters, whole grains, you know. So I think anything that you had that is a meat-based meal, you can now have in a plant-based form, right? So the burger is a plant-based burger. You know, you want a smoothie that you used to put whey protein powder in, you put plant-based protein powder in, or you don't even need plant-based protein powder necessarily. You might just you know, switch out whatever you're making for your smoothie. So I think there's no good reason to just find sort of replacement options. If you're having a chili, you know, have a three bean chili instead of putting beef in it. I think there's so many different options and you just got to start exploring. Now, it's not just a simple switch for most people where overnight, you know, 100% switch because people have been doing this the whole their whole lives, at least three times a day for most people, for their whole lives eating one way. So to, to make a big shift like this behavioral shift, it isn't easy, but it's a lot easier than people think. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a little bit of willpower and say, okay, I want to make a change. But if you're motivated, you know, you'll be able to do it. I love that. Now, I know that I can't keep you for too long. Uh, mm-hmm. I would hate to say okay. goodbye. But I, uh, just in closing, I kind of want to talk about maybe your vision for the future. So now that this film is about to have its world premiere and, and then who knows where it's going to go after that, but it's going to be available to everyone around the world. What's your vision for the future after everybody's exposed to this message? Well, so what we're doing um, on the same day as the theatrical launch, we will have um, an updated website with resources. So we're having uh, recipes, shopping tips, eating out tips, FAQs, all the science. Um, we're going to have an online community where people can ask questions. We'll have you know, our chief science advisor, David Golden, go on there or some of our other experts some of the athletes that they can talk to. I think you need that two-way communication and not just you know, giving people information. But you know, five out of six people that go free, uh, meet free end up going back. And uh, one of the top reasons is not really having the resources and not knowing um, what to do. In fact, the number one reason social is actual um, social pressure mm. and often the male partner in the house, household, interestingly. But uh, the second biggest reason is actually not having enough resources. 
So that's basically what we're planning to do as the game changers is be that resource, that free resource for people that they can go and learn information. And there's other great resources out there too, you know, like nutritionfacts.org when it comes to health, Dr. Greger, you know, him and his team are the only people that I know that search through every single English language nutritional article in every uh, journal every year and make sort of three minute, you know, videos for lay people to understand with all the references that people can go and check out. So not just us, but there's other great resources out there, but that's what we plan on doing giving people free resources and a community to, so they feel like they've got, you know, help because people do need help in making this change. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so wonderful. And and thank you so much in advance for putting all that together. Good stuff. Well, I'll be happy to float people to those resources once those are available. So before we say goodbye, do you have any parting words of wisdom or anything in particular that you just want to share with the world? I think I'll just repeat again. I mean, it's, don't think of it as all or nothing. Think of it as all or something. The main split is plants versus animals. Try to eat as many plants as possible. And within plants, the split is sort of whole versus refined. You try and eat as many whole plants as possible. But, you know, don't uh, don't get upset with yourself if you think you're going to eat really healthy one day and, and you don't. Just if you don't do so well one day, just do a little better the next. That's what I say is don't uh, put too much pressure on yourself. Awesome. Well, James, it's been so awesome having you here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. I can't wait to see the film and I can't wait for everybody to have access to it and be able to see it too. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. That was James Lightning Wilkes, former UFC fighter, combatives instructor for the U.S. military, and star of The Game Changers. To be a part of the long-awaited public premiere of The Game Changers at one of 1,000-plus theaters around the world happening tonight, September 16th, Eastern Standard Time, which features exclusive pre-show content and never-before-seen bonus footage, visit GameChangersMovie.com and click Get Tickets. I'll be attending the event near my home in St. Petersburg, Florida. And since she was mentioned in the show, I also want to give a shout out to James's wife, Alicia Wilkes. She's a hot mom of five kids, looks so young and so fit, and is a true inspiration for moms and women everywhere. You can check out and follow Alicia on Instagram at Planted Mom. Don't forget to join our community of rebels in the Eating Like You Give a Damn Facebook group for vegan-friendly recipes and support. Request to join us at eatinglikeyougiveadamn.com forward slash group. If you want podcast updates so you can see what's coming up and to see what I eat on the regular for inspiration, if you're unsure what a plant-based vegan diet looks like, follow me on Facebook and Instagram at eatinglikeyougiveadamn. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing this with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like what you just heard, please leave a glowing review so together we can help more people make more informed decisions. New episodes release on Mondays. And until next time, veg on, rebels.